It's time for Michigan's newest sports talk show, Mitt Madness. Here he goes. Michigan sports talk from here in Battle Creek. The latest stories, the biggest games, all across the Mitten State. Streaming live and on demand on the 95.3 WBCK app. Here are your hosts, Jacob Harrison and Dejon Hughes. Hello there, welcome in to Mitten Madness, 95.3 WBCK. Jacob Harrison, brand manager of 95.3 WBCK. That's Dejon Hughes, brand manager of The Block, 1025-1049 there in Battle Creek. A lot to get into. College football playoffs uh, are really working out well for the uh, the structure of this show, to be honest. Uh, the interesting aspect that Alabama and Michigan will be playing in the Rose Bowl. Uh, I think I'm the only person in the zip code happy about that, but we'll get into that as well as the Lions, men's basketball as well. A lot to discuss over the next couple of weeks as we head into the holiday season and uh, championship season when it comes to gridiron football. First, DJ, man, how's it going? Um, I'm okay. Uh, I lost fantasy because I played Austin Eckler over James Conner last week. Um, but I'm just glad the curse is broken. I'm just happy to be cheering for Packers football again. Jordan Love looks okay. I can deal with that. Um, Michigan football, yeah, we'll we'll dive into that and, and the things I have to say. There, there's some stark opinions there. But, oh, more than stark. <laughs> more than stark. But the Lakers are playing good basketball again. LeBron James is on top of the NBA world. I got a new car recently. Like, like, like life is good. I can't complain. Oh, yeah, is it? Because um, uh, I, I had the unfortunate responsibility of watching my Pittsburgh Steelers play football last night as we record this on a Friday afternoon. Um yeah, that's that's not going well. Uh, so <laughs> that is the most incompetent franchise I I think I've seen. I don't know. Maybe I'm exaggerating because I've never seen them be so incompetent. But good grief, is this what a Lions fan feels like? I don't know. I'm not a Lions uh, like fan. like I don't mean that to be like derogatory. But you you know, Lions fans have been through it for like the past thirty years, and I've been prepared to be bad. But when you give me the hope that I could be good, <laughs> I, I saw that's a, what it's hard to swallow. <laughs> I saw a tweet that was like, "Who who has the worst? Like who has what fan base has had it the worst?" And somebody just goes, and "They're like oh and sixteen, two Hall of Famers retired early, and they're." They're just like going, and the list was like twelve items long. And I was, yeah. he was like, "You can't tell me Detroit Lions fans have it better than anyone." And I was like, "Wow, uh, that he might be right." I mean, the Detroit Lions fans might have had it the worst across all sports. The the greatest quarterback in franchise history won a Super Bowl somewhere else the year after he left. That was brought brought up to. He I was mean, like, "Come on, our greatest quarterback just up and left and went in his first year gone." And I was like, "Hey, Rex Grossman has more playoff victories than the Detroit Lions." There, I mean, there, there's a whole, I've got a whole article, a whole list of people that should not have more playoff wins than, than an entire NFL franchise that do. I mean, hey, that's, what, what can I say? We'll get to the Lions here in a little bit. We do have to talk about the college football playoff. Ah. Uh, because unfortunately, and, and I mean this, unfortunately, only four teams can get in. And the college football playoff committee decided that Alabama, Washington, Texas, and Alabama were the teams worthy of. You said Alabama twice. You really feeling like that? I did not. Yeah, you did. Michigan, Washington, Texas, Alabama. You said Alabama, Michigan, Washington. Or you said Alabama, Washington, Texas, Alabama. And it's okay. I know how you're feeling. We're, we're, we're enemies right now. I, I get yeah. it. I get it. 
Michigan, Washington, Texas, Alabama. Those Thank are you. the four teams. Um, some respect on our name. Yeah, I mean, Michigan is the number one team in the country. They did beat the number two team in the country at the time. I forgot about that. Yeah. I finally have seen the number one next to Michigan's name in my right. time. As there a you fan. go. It is exciting. <laughs> It is exciting. Yeah, I, I don't. When I see it next to Alabama, it's just another Saturday. All right, so. here we go. Uh, here we go. <laughs> Alabama and Michigan will play in the Rose Bowl, and a lot of people are upset about that uh, for varying reasons. I think you know, there's some people that just don't want to play Alabama because they're a dangerous team at this point. They're winning games that they honestly should not be winning, um, and they're play, they're not playing the kind of football that you're accustomed to seeing Alabama playing, especially this time of year. Um, but they will play in the Rose Bowl on New Year's New Year's Day to determine who will go to the national championship to play the winner of Washington and Texas, who are arguably, uh, I don't know, probably the two weaker teams as far as roster makeup is. Uh, but so they will, the winner of that game is going to be heavily, heavily challenged out of the winner of Michigan and Alabama. But there's the team that I haven't mentioned yet, and that is Florida State, who is left on the outside after being an undefeated power five champion uh and of course alabama has already lost to one of the teams in the playoffs having lost at home in an ugly fashion to the texas longhorns back in september uh so dj i know your opinions um and i'm sure you're i'm sure most of the listeners would expect that your opinions mirror theirs but you uh you have the floor here to to give your opinions uh my biggest thing is like i told you i feel bad for bama fans because they're going to be the ones that get a lot of flack for this, and it's not their fault. A lot of people are upset at the CFP, including me, because you just told everybody what they do on the field doesn't matter. And also, you just told 100-plus scholarship athletes who have been working for years on end for this opportunity that they don't deserve it because one person got hurt. What happened to everything being about the team and not just one individual player? Oh, but now it matters about one individual player, the same player that you're not going to give the Heisman because, you know, he's that good to where they're totally different and don't deserve a spot without him. So he's got to be the best player in the country, right? No? Whoa. That doesn't make sense to me. It probably doesn't make sense to a lot of people out there either. Why? Because the committee doesn't make sense. This was written so that they could do exactly what they just did this weekend. Put in whoever they want. That's it. And you look at the criteria, it's made for them to put in the four teams they want to have in, not the four best teams. Not that Alabama isn't, but they did not deserve that spot more than Florida State. And that's where this, that even ties into that video that's circulating about Michigan. I'm going to clear this up with everybody out there, everybody in the world. Michigan is not afraid to play Alabama. Yeah, They are ready. They believe they are the best team in the country. They have the speed. They have the size. They have the quarterback. They have the coaching. They have the experience. They have everything they need to beat this Bama team and any other team in the country and win a national championship. There's a reason Michigan fans are so excited. It's a reason this team feels the way they do, because they have all the pieces. But at the same time, they still got to go out and play the game. Mm. They were not afraid to play at Bama. But what they are afraid of is later on being an undefeated champion that somehow doesn't get into the CFP. Because that's what them and every other team in the country saw an undefeated champion win their conference and not make the CFP, meaning it's possible. Not that it will happen, but that it's possible. That's a scary thing to see. I'm pretty sure everybody in the country that wasn't Alabama or an Alabama fan went, whoa, winning your conference and every game on your schedule means nothing. So my rebuttal to that aspect of it 
because let me be clear as an Alabama fan, as an Alabama graduate and as somebody who's been very close to that program, has a lot of reasons to feel very excited about my team this year. Florida State got screwed, but it's not Alabama's fault. Like a lot of the anger is getting directed at Alabama and I feel like that is somewhat unjustified because Alabama did just beat the number one team in the country. Okay, but on the one number one team in the country piece, myself included, don't believe Bama was or Georgia was the number one team in the country. They didn't really play like it, but it was just one of those history things, which is another reason people are upset with Bama getting in is they feel like this is a history pick that you're doing this because Bama has been good. They were not one of the four best teams this year. They're in the discussion. Your arguments, and this is the part that I disagree with, because for the most part, we do agree on principle because of this fact. The college football playoff committee is a dumb thing that should not exist. You already knew when you created this that you had five power conferences. You had five conferences better than the rest, and you, you put yourself in a position. Weird how it never happened over nine years, but... The Pac-12 in its final season played its best football. The Pac-12 was the best conference in college football this year, and it's the last time it's ever going to be. So first of all, the the 13-0 winning your conference thing doesn't matter, and it's scary for the future. That's not a thing because there's less power conferences. And on top of that, next year and moving forward, the playoffs will be expanded. This year, it's dumb. It shouldn't be a thing. I've made, for years on sports radio, have made my opinions very strong that I think it is egregious. It is borderline idiotic to have a group of wealthy white old men to sit in a room and decide the fates of college football players rather than the merits of what those players achieved as a team to determine their playoff potential. And last I checked, it's a team sport. And Florida State, as a team, went 13-0 and with a very good defense, beat LSU in the beginning of the season. It was the most watched college football game that involved an SEC team all season long. However, There is one aspect to this that I think deserves merit and I think is the one argument that that really and truly kind of backs all this up. And you admitted this to me at one point is that, yes, I wouldn't mind playing Florida State because it would be an easier route to the playoffs or, or to the national championship because who doesn't want a slightly easier route to the national championship? Uh, if Because let's say, let's say Washington beats Texas. They've beaten arguably the weakest roster in the playoffs. And then let's say Alabama beats Michigan. Michigan on paper is better than Alabama, pound for pound, roster player for roster player. And then Washington wins the call, the whole thing by beating Alabama team who squeaked by. Was that not the path of least resistance for Washington? Yes. If you put anybody in a room that's not a Florida State fan and not a Michigan, Alabama, Washington, or Texas fan, and you ask them, who would you rather play in the college football playoff? Alabama or Florida State? Texas or Florida State? They're all going to tell you Florida State because they feel like it's an easier win because of the circumstances of it. And when you're in a position for what the college football playoff is, which is not good, let me preface, not a good situation, and you have ratings in mind, you have the ESPN powers that be in mind, level of competition Everything that goes into deciding who should play in a football game on the world's biggest stage on New Year's Day, those kinds of things factor in. It shouldn't be this way, and I'm glad in the future it will not be this way, but currently 
that's what it is. We'll have time to discuss, uh, continue this discussion on the other side of the break, and we'll also uh, get into some men's basketball with the Big Ten starting some conference play here recently. That here on Mitten Madness next on 95.3 WBCK.com. Back here on Midden Madness, 95.3 WBCK. Jacob Harrison and Dejon Hughes and, uh, we did, did, had a little bit of a discussion during the, the break. And, uh, you know, we've got weeks until Alabama and Michigan play. And I think the, the number one thing is that, obviously, this is going to be a fantastic game. I think um, a lot of people, maybe not everybody, and certainly people in the residences of, of one Florida, uh, are, are going to enjoy the product that is going to be on the field and feel as though we've gotten we've got the better matchup and in maybe some ways this is uh i don't know maybe maybe the the ultimate determinator of who's going to win this whole thing maybe that's maybe that's my implicit bias talking because i support both of these teams i would be happy to see either of these teams win the national championship honestly truthfully the only team i don't want to see win this team win this whole thing is texas and if florida state were in instead of alabama i would still feel the same way about that uh and and to to completely stress as the alabama fan in this state because <laughs> I don't know how many of us there are I would have no problem personally me I can't speak for my fan base uh, and, and especially the very ignorant portion of it uh, I would have no problem if Florida State were in instead of Alabama but I can't control that and Alabama can't control that and therefore Alabama should not be victimized for being in a position that based off of the merits that they could control did enough to earn a spot in the eyes of people that get to decide such a thing Florida State did enough in that regard as well, but based off of circumstances that they could not control, which is not fair, they were left out. Sometimes it just sucks to exist. Yeah, life's... That's, that's, hey, no, newsflash, no, no. life's not fair. Hey, <laughs> I, I totally agree. The so, rich get so, richer. So Bama should stop complaining about people talking because they're allowed to talk, and maybe you don't like True. it, but that's not fair. We're allowed to be upset at Bama. We are. Everyone is allowed I think it's just to be misdirected. upset at Bama. That's... Oh, well. And I agree. <laughs> oh, well. I mean, yeah. We all feel like it's properly directed because it's 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 BS. <laughs> it is. There's no reason for the historic value to mean something this year. I don't think the historic value is was the ultimate de- deciding factor. You don't think so. But that's how it looks. Like, that's well, what I'm trying to get you to understand. Well, it doesn't matter what The, the content that I have consumed since this was taken it since this was decided has been the the majority ruling was the fact that Florida State would be a f- more favorable matchup for the other three teams uh, rather okay. than Alabama. Okay. They still have to prove. I don't True. care if something is more favorable well, or see, not. You still have to play the game on the field, and that's what the committee seems to forget. Sure, Florida State doesn't have their starting quarterback. There were two teams who had to go out there and play them. They probably thought it was an easy win. And guess what? They both lost because right. you still have to play the I game agree. on the field. So, sure, 100% agree. it looks like this may not be a, a good matchup, but maybe you throw Florida State and Michigan in, and Florida State shows up defensively, and it ends up being a 17-10 game that nobody thought was going to happen. True. Because you Their gave, defense is that good. Because I you agree. gave them an opportunity to show that they actually aren't the matchup that everybody thought they were, but instead you're just like, well, they lose their quarterback, so – their matchup isn't that good, and the SEC is the SEC, so, oh, Bama it is. Like, no. Right. No. I, I feel like 
<laughs> like, like the thing that that is doing is just ruining sports. Nobody want like so many people are upset with college football. Sure, you're not, and a lot of people. No, I am. Are not. Trust me, I am. But like, it's from it's, from day one of this. I don't like the the pure structure of college football. I'm annoyed that this conversation has to happen, and then whatever happens in the Orange Bowl between Florida State and Georgia helps determine who wins the argument, as if that game matters at all, because it does not. And and just the whole thing it's, is that it's dumb from the start. And and that that the day after the playoffs were determined, I told you that from the word go. This is an argument that does not have to take place because it's college football and the college football playoff committee's fault that it even exists in the first place. And that's why I say, and and I would say this truthfully, if the roles were reversed between Alabama and Michigan or between Alabama and Florida State, I would say from the get-go, all of these same things. The problem exists first with the college football playoff and whoever that four seed is and regardless of whatever alternate universe that is, they're being unjustifiably attacked for something that they have no control over except for the things that they could control, which for Alabama was having three top 15 victories against SEC programs and then beating the number one team in the country for the SEC championship. And regardless of how you feel about Georgia playing before then, they were the number one team in the country and that holds value no matter how intricate it is and how stupid it is in the first place that we rank the teams in college football and determine who's better because at the end of the season, how many of those top 25 teams are not in the top 25? How many of those teams completely fall off the face of the earth? I mean, we're about to talk about Michigan and Michigan State basketball. Michigan State started this season number four in the country and they are no longer ranked. That's how useless rankings are. But when it's a basis for the formula, you can't ignore that. Florida State did enough to be in. They got screwed. This much is true. Alabama did enough to get in based off of what they had available to them. And that much is true as well. The committee did not have an easy decision. And I'm not sure if they made the right decision ethically. I think it was a pretty easy decision. And I think this is the first time that like a lot of people are finally able to see that the committee is just deciding who they want to put in. And that's the problem with all of this is the committee had an easy decision in front of them and they decided to make it difficult. Yeah. Why? Because they didn't want to see Bama and Georgia play each other in another bowl game. That's really I I it just popped in my head, but I think that has oh, they wouldn't have played in that bowl game together. Else. No, five and six automatically play each other in the bowl game. Do they? That, yeah, that's the matchup. So they couldn't put. Well, the Orange they, Bowl is historically the ACC and the SEC, which is how it worked out here. So I, I don't know. Right, I'm just saying it's starting to add up to where they're like. Do we really want to see well, Bama and Georgia play each other dude, again? Trust me, ratings and, and, matter. And, and, and it's Michigan, not- Ohio, Michigan, Alabama sells. Michigan versus the third string quarterback in Florida State doesn't. And you know what else sells? I agree with that. I think Michigan, Florida State sells anyway because oh, there's, yeah, there's but, a lot of ties. That, but anyway, what 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 sells more than all of that? A Bama Texas rematch for Bama to prove that they're better. Oh no, you know who doesn't want to see that? The whole country that isn't Bama. The whole country. True. That I, isn't hey, Bama. I get that. I totally, totally understand care that. the committee because that's probably what they want to see. They want to see Bama Texas. So I'm not gonna. I, I'm not gonna try to speak for the committee in that respect. But what I will say is, as as an Alabama fan, that wouldn't hurt my feelings at all. I'm not going to shoulder blame for cheering on my team. 
team. That's for sure. I'm not going to be mad or upset about my team being in the playoff, but I still have the maturity and the respect for this sport that I love so much to acknowledge that Florida State did in a in reality get screwed. But in the future, this will not happen again. It will have it will not on such a scale. We won't see undefeated teams miss the playoffs you know, moving forward. This was more so so that the committee just doesn't get forgotten. This isn't even it about the be. teams. It could this be. Isn't even, this isn't about the teams. They're like, we got to make history. So let's just mess the whole thing up on our last year doing it. But and s- that makes so much sense. Who's going to forget this college football playoff? No, oh, no. But, well, I think this is the best they've had. No one is going to forget this college football playoff. And it starts before the games are even played. Yeah. Because nobody's going to forget this fiasco with Alabama-Florida State. And then the games are going to... I'm not saying the games aren't going to be great. They're going to be three phenomenal games for this college football playoff. Because they've got four of the five best teams. Which is going to help. Which is the best you could ask for given the circumstances then, because it would be the same thing on the other end. And then if Florida what State... What they were worried about when was Florida State, Florida State getting smashed. And that's not fair to Florida State. When Florida State beats Georgia? When? When Florida State w- beats Georgia. When? When Florida State beats Georgia. Sir. When? When Florida State beats Georgia. If you would just say if, it'd make me Michigan, feel a lot better. And Michigan wins the if national you, championship. <laughs> the top is going to fly off this building because everybody's going to say Florida State should have been in and they proved it again. Well, they can play an exhibition game afterwards. That, that doesn't mean anything. When Nobody wants to play happens. an exhibition game. When? Mark the words. When. when? We'll talk about it later. We might as well transition now. Basketball has been great as a Michigan fan. I mean, sure, we're four and five. Sure, we're four and five. But I don't mind it because I wasn't expecting this team to even have four wins yet. If I'm being honest, I didn't know what to expect from this team. But Kamwa, fantastic. Takes over games like he did in the Indiana game. The kid was lights out. We just couldn't finish it out. Doug McDaniel, awesome point guard, running the floor, doing his thing. Will Shetter has come out and just been the man. Michigan Michigan basketball is on track to have a pretty solid season in Chrysler, but that team across the way in East Lansing, totally different story. Dude, they're struggling. Right? I mean, lost to Arizona by six, a very great game while they were still ranked, and after that, pretty much went downhill. I mean, you got the non-conference game against Georgia Southern, doesn't matter. You can beat the crap out of a Sunbelt team if you want to. Uh, but losing by 13 to Wisconsin, bad look to, to start conference play, especially when on the other side of that is, you know, Michigan only losing by three to Indiana, who's the top team on the standings in in the conference. No, that is uh that's highly concerning. I'll say this, uh because because I mentioned earlier uh with the the rankings and the fact that Michigan State started number four and now they are unranked. Uh and yeah, with basketball it's a long season and those rankings are very much more fluctuated uh and not quite taken as seriously. They don't obviously play a factor into uh the end of the season nearly as much as they do in college football. Uh but at some point, I mean Michigan State has got to turn this thing around or it's going to be an even longer season because the the Big Ten is no joke when it comes to to playing college basketball and as that stretch once actual uh, conference play is open because I I got a feeling about Michigan I don't know if it's my implicit bias because I lean that way in the rivalry or what uh, but Michigan's got a chance to pick up a a solid victory here against Iowa tomorrow afternoon whereas for, for Michigan State tomorrow night or I'm saying yeah yeah tomorrow night uh they've got nebraska and for some reason despite i mean nebraska only has two more wins than than iowa that still just feels like so much more of a daunting task especially with baylor on the other side of that game the following week it it feels like if michigan state can find some momentum they immediately have to come back out and prove that they're one of the best teams in the country and they haven't been able to do that yet so they haven't been able to garner any momentum to feel good about themselves and it is just setting up to be an incredibly difficult stretch they've got this 
this one stretch where they play uh, some mid-majors in Oakland, Stony Brook, and Indiana State before they restart. Um, I don't know if that three-game stretch in the back half of December is enough to get you ready to play in the Big Ten. Mm, maybe. I don't know. Big Ten's a little bit different this year, but... We gave you guys a simple little break there. Talked about some basketball. Michigan State fans, you should definitely be on the hot seat and be talking about Izzo, maybe hanging it up eventually. I agree. Michigan fans, you have a lot to be excited for. This year's going to be interesting, but I think next year and a few years after are the ones we're really looking at. After the break, we're coming back with Lions. They're playing the Bears this week. Lots of good things could happen or lots of bad because we saw what happened last time. (laughs) So... We'll be back with more Lions and then picks after that right here on Mid Madness 95.3 WBCK. Detroit sports fans, Wolverines and Spartans alike. This is your sports show, Mitten Madness, with Jacob Harrison and Dejon Hughes on 95.3 WBCK. Here on Minton Madness 95.3 WBCK, Jacob Harrison and Dejon Hughes try to, I don't know, cool things down a little bit. I mean, it's it's real hot in the studio, but uh, fiery discussions today. Uh, the the Detroit Lions are nine and three. They're first in the NFC North. Uh, they can't clinch the division just yet. I mean, I, I've, I'm not so sure that they can do that on Christmas Eve or not. Uh, but a win this week against the, the Chicago Bears would certainly go a long way in that. Uh, the concern here, I guess, would be Detroit jumped out to a massive lead over New Orleans last week, and that game came down to the wire. And maybe if uh, Jameis Winston w- had more than just two or three drives, maybe that game turns out completely different. Uh, you and I, both fans of Jameis Winston, we'll take all of the bad with the good with him. He's... He, He's not a he's not an awful quarterback. He's not a great one. Right. <laughs> he's he's barely a good one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he's not awful. Uh so uh, I mean the Saints might not be in a bad situation after this week. Uh but that coupled with the loss of the Packers coupled with the close win over the Bears just uh 3 weeks ago, shootout in LA with the Chargers. I mean, this these last four games, not you know, after this Bears game, they're not going to be easy and they're going to determine your playoff seating, which should be number three, right? You should be the third best team in the conference. You're going to play the other team that has an argument for that with the Dallas Cowboys, but for, but you can't overlook that while you're playing the Bears who are you know free to do whatever they want because they're getting the first overall pick, right? <laughs> They've got literally nothing to lose. Either they get the first and second pick or they get the first and a top five pick. They're happy. <laughs> They're good. Uh, and they've been playing better football overall. And if they screw things over for you, they're only that much more happier. So this is a this is a dangerous game out in Chicago this weekend for the Detroit Lions. I don't think so. Really? I think it's the other way around. I think the Lions know this is where it starts for them. They're, they have, what, I think it's four or five more games. Five. In these five games, they have three very important games. Those are the divisional games. They're very important because the Packers can still still, or they can still steal the lead. You split with them. But the thing is, the Packers already lost to the Vikings. 
So if the the Lions sweep the Vikings, they automatically take first. Oh yeah, no. If they if they sweep, they, to, they do. But they, I, I think th- they can win the division with just think, a win say, over the Bears I don't and the Vikings. Think, I, don't, I say I don't think they need to sweep, but that first Vikings game they have to win. Yeah, that one seals it. That starts with winning this weekend. And I think Jared Goff is remembering the last time he played the Bears. He was picked off three times in that game at Ford Field. Yeah. He's going to remember that. He's going to walk into Soldier Field, and he's going to have a good day. Jameer Gibbs, David Montgomery. David Montgomery loves playing the Bears. Oh, yeah. We saw that. <laughs> he's, he's, he's ready for that. Again. We saw that. Him and Jameer are going to do their thing. And then the Dallas game is super important to me eventually. That one's... You that's know, more for seeding and where you play your playoff games. Seeding and where you play your playoff games. But that comes down to first beating Chicago and Minnesota. So I think they understand that going into this Chicago game and winning means more than anything else right now. I think they're in that mode where we got a tunnel vision. It's 1-0 and every week. 1-0 and every week. We're not worried about the 9-3 and we already have. We're not worried about the next four, the next three that are coming up. We're 1-0 and every week. And they're really going to get into that tunnel vision and drive because they would much rather have the three spot and host that playoff game than not, I would think. But I'm not in their locker room. But I would assume that's what they're going to go after. And the way to do that is by first beating the Bears and going 1-0 and every week, handling it week by week rather than looking at it in a five-game stretch. I think the the real struggle here, you just named off all the offensive playmakers, Sands, Sam Laporta, and Amon Ross St. Brown. Ain't nobody worried about Detroit's offense. It's not their offense that's the problem. It's their defense. They're like 23rd in points per game, uh, towards the bottom of the league in passing yards per game. Uh, they they can't stop a nosebleed, dude. Like, it's the defensive side of the ball. When, when you go back to that Bears game, when you go back to the Packers game, when you go to the Saints game, all of the, all of the struggling in those games was from the defensive side of the ball. And when Justin Fields, who I think is a good quarterback, but at the moment does not have the environment around him to be completely successful. When he goes 16 to 23 for 169 yards and a touchdown and adds 104 yards on the ground with 18 carries. When DJ Moore has seven receptions for 96 yards and a touchdown. When the Bears themselves have 26 points in a football game, you're playing awful defense. And defense wins championships. Last I checked, you You've got the offense, man. Nobody's concerned about the offense. You've, you've got the tight end with the most touchdowns in the NFL in Sam Laporta, and he's a rookie. You've got a great rushing attack. You've, you're supposedly, they've been shaky at times, particularly in that loss to the Packers and in the performance against the Bears. You supposedly have one of the best offensive lines of football. You've got a quarterback that supposedly knows how to take care of the, the football. You've got excellent wide receivers who are great at making explosive plays and in the open field. Why then are you losing all these games? It's your defense. It's been their defense from day one. They beat the Chiefs because the Chiefs don't have a good offense. They lost to the Seahawks because the Seahawks have a good offense. They lost to the Ravens because the Ravens have a good offense. They had a shootout with the Chargers because the Chargers have a good offense. They lost to the Packers because the Packers have hit their stride. The Packers have a good offense. Every other team they've played has a bad offense, except for the Chicago Bears, who put up 26 points on them in their house, and now they have to go out to Soldier, Soldier Field. I'm not saying they're going to lose. I'm not going to say I'm, I really don't think they will. I'm just saying, you've got to show who you really are in this game because the Broncos-Vikings-Cowboys-Vikings stretch is a tough, tough stretch. 
much tougher than we thought it was when Kirk Cousins went down because at that point, you know, the Cowboys had just lost to, uh, you know, their, their, I think they lost to the Cardinals around that time. The Broncos had just lost uh, 70 to 20 and Kirk Cousins had just went out for the season. So that backstretch looked incredibly easy. We thought we'd be cruising at this point, right, for the Lions. And that's really not the case. I mean, this could all come come, come tumbling down for them if they don't finish out and it starts with this game against the Bears because your optics matter too. Like, it, not in the same way about the college football playoff where they get to choose where you're going to be in all this because they're going to earn their way in the way that you should. But if optically you look bad... It weighs on your momentum, it weighs on your confidence, and it weighs on the fact that this team has won exactly one playoff game in its 90-year history. And that is something that has to be overcome this season because, I mean, can you imagine if this season goes without a playoff win? Uh, yeah. Because I, mean, <laughs> I don't know about you. And I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be pessimistic. You know that. But I feel like if you don't want a playoff game this this year, next year might be rough. It just might be because you're going to have, if you win the division, you have to play the other division winners. You're not going to luck out and play the AFC West and the NFC South next year on your schedule, okay? That, you don't get that luxury again. I don't again. think we're going to get that luxury either way. But that's what I'm saying. You've got to play all the division winners, and you're probably going to have to play tougher divisions next year. I'm not sure which divisions they are. I'm we sure are it's already available. We are a thousand percent playing tougher divisions next year. Exactly. The NFC North got the you, easiest schedule they could have exactly. ever gotten. You, you played the easiest AFC uh, division, and you played the easiest NFC division. Their schedule is going to be monstrously more difficult next year. They'll be a better football team next year, but without a playoff win, this is an emotional football team that runs on momentum and, and those types of things. If they ain't got that, which they ended the season with last year and carried over into this year, I'm not saying I'm just saying, you know? <laughs> I mean, I'm not too much of a Lions fan. I just want them to feed Jameer Gibbs. Right. Because <laughs> my fantasy team could use the help right before the playoffs start. So, yeah, that that's all I got to say about it. But coming up after this is the best part of the show. Everybody's favorite part. We're getting into the picks. I'll let you guys know what the records were last week. And Jacob's going to try and crawl back into this thing as yeah. we got an interesting week on the boards. But more Mid Madness coming to you after the break on 95.3 WBCK. 95.3 WBCK. things up here on Mitten Madness with our weekly picks. It looks like uh, DJ is going to, I don't, is, is earn the word is, or will you be given whatever, uh, a free dinner? Whatever word you want to use. Yeah, whatever the, whatever optic you want, DJ. That, that's uh, fine. I'm, <laughs> I'm literally running away with this one. So, uh, last week, 5-1 and one for me, 4-2 and two for you, putting you at 57-31 and 31 on the year. I'm coming in at 64-24 and 24 on the year. We got a fresh game of picks. No college football this weekend, so 
Oh, wait. Should we do a seventh game? I just thought about this. Army Navy's this weekend. We can't not. We can't not Army do Navy. Army Navy. I, yeah. Uh, we, we didn't have to let everybody know that we completely forgot about that. Uh, hey, it's too late now. <laughs> hey, Army Navy will be on uh, at 2 p.m. on WBCK and WKMI, uh, and it's it's ready to go. I, I I have to take that opportunity to apologize for whatever nonsense happened uh, for the Big Ten Championship. Was uh, you know sometimes you do what you can do, and other people don't do what they can do. That that's that's the the thing there. Uh, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll get to the Army Navy game. I guess we'll just uh, save that one for last. Uh, but we do have six games. We'll pick the Army Navy game as well. Uh, do you want me to get this one started? Yeah, go ahead. I've got my Alabama Crimson Tide in basketball action uh, this afternoon at 1.30 p.m. They're going to take on the Purdue Boilermakers up in Toronto at Coca-Cola Coliseum. Uh, Alabama only has a 30.8% chance of winning. Purdue has a 69% chance of winning. Alabama has a pretty tough loss against Ohio State that they followed up with a very big win over Oregon. Purdue had a pretty convincing win over Iowa most recently, but an overtime loss to Northwestern. So Purdue's not infallible, though they are 8-1. and one. Alabama is 6-2, and two, though they do not have the talent that they have had in recent years that have kind of taken them far in the tourney. But they're still a well-coached team by Nate Oates. I have a lot of faith in them, and I'm going to bias, because at this point, you know, because I know what you're going to do. I got reason to be biased here. I'm going to take the Alabama Crimson Tide. What are you going to do, DJ? Uh, this <laughs> one is pretty easy for me. When you have a guy like Zach Eddy coming back, wooden player of the year, finalist, AP national player of the year, 7-1, or 7-3, whatever, however tall the guy is. Nice touch around the rim, can shoot the three, plays good D, rebounds. I don't think Bama has that. No, they so, don't. So I know they don't. That was pretty simple for me <laughs> and, and taking him to have a big impact on this game, which spreads to the rest of the team, giving Purdue the win. I will come in and keep it college basketball so that we are even in our picks this week and numbers. And I pick up the Wisconsin-Arizona game that's on Saturday as well. Wisconsin, 23rd in the rankings now, 7-2 and two on the year. Big win over Michigan State just a day ago. Arizona also beat Michigan State, but only by six. Wisconsin beat them by 13. With Arizona now the number one team in the country undefeated after the Purdue loss and the Kansas loss and everyone else who's been up there. Who comes out on top? Do we think Arizona continues to shine or is Wisconsin going to come creeping? Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna stick with the obvious one on this one just so that I don't go winless. Uh, I'm, I'm going to take Arizona. <laughs> okay. I, I, I am also here with Arizona, although Arizona only beat Michigan State by six and Wisconsin beat them by 13. Every Arizona, game exists in a vacuum. Every Same game way is a little football. bit different yeah. and Arizona is paying heads and toes better basketball than everyone out. So I, I can't, they're kind of in that mode where I can't pick against them until they give me a reason to. And right now they got eight players that are rotating, playing very good basketball. We've got a interesting one in the NBA uh, tonight as well. It's the end of the in-season tournament, which a lot of people are very mad about, but I think they ended up with actually a very fun matchup uh, where the Indiana Pacers, who are red hot, they've been a lot of fun all year, are going to take on the Los Angeles Lakers. I mean, they only have the GOAT on their team. Uh, the Lakers are a four and a half point favorite. This one is out in Las Vegas at 8.30 tonight. DJ, who's uh, who's going to walk away with that, that shiny new trophy? Oh, it's got to go to my Lakers. Yeah. I, I But this is going to be a phenomenal game. If you haven't watched much NBA this year, this is a game to watch. I haven't, but I will be sitting down to watch this one. Tyrese Halliburton has been phenomenal for the Indiana Pacers. I'm talking 26 points uh, per game, 12 assists with only two turnovers. He's averaging quite a few rebounds and assists as well, or um, rebounds and steals as well. I, I really like what he's doing over there, but the Lakers, like you said, have the go. Anthony Davis is playing good ball right now. D'Angelo Russell's doing decent. They're starting to come together. I trust LeBron to do what he does and win unprecedented things like the first in-season tournament. Who else is supposed to win the first one? Whoever's playing LeBron. <laughs> That's a good script too, DJ. Uh, the Pacers, <laughs> I, I, listen to these score totals over the past four games. 132 in a loss, by the way. Uh, 144, 122, 128. The 
Lakers have put up over 107 points just twice over the past five games. The the Pacers are one of the highest scoring teams in basketball. And, you know, LeBron James teams, you know, whether it's the Lakers, Heat, Cavs, whoever, they usually play pretty solid defense. But the Pacers just, man, they're dominant when it comes to putting up points. I'm going to take them in the upset. I'm going to take the Pacers to beat the, the Lakers and win this uh, this opening first annual, if it ever happens again, in-season tournament. Uh, Indiana's basketball land. Let them have it. Okay. You want to go against me? Well, now I'm going to poke a little fun at you. <laughs> There's a game this weekend that you need a certain team to win based on a futures bet that you put in that does not look great right now. You have the Buffalo Bills winning the AFC East, and guess what? They're not even close to winning the AFC East right now. They're 6-6. Six and six. The Dolphins are 9-3, and three. and if they're going to win, they're going to need some help from other people, and they're going to need to win this game against Kansas City this weekend. How do you see it playing out? I, I'll tell you right now, uh, this Buffalo Bills at Kansas City game ain't what it's been over the past couple of years. Uh, say what you will about Josh Allen and his Buffalo Bills. No, they are not playing as well as they should. Uh, they've been playing better as of late. I mean, losing in overtime to the Eagles would have been a godsend when a couple of weeks ago they were getting their stuff kicked in by Cincinnati and Denver. Uh, I think they've been playing better football even with those two losses in mind plus the loss to Philly. Uh, the loss to Philly doesn't hurt them in my futures bet whatsoever. The Chiefs looked abysmal against your Packers, though. Abysmal. Their offense is torrid. Uh, Buffalo can at least move the ball, and Buffalo scores with the best of them. They just don't play very good defense on the back end of it. Uh, yeah, I'll take the Bills. We got a lot of games different this week, and that's okay. <laughs> You're right. Kansas City looked bad against the Packers, but what does Patrick Mahomes do that a lot of other quarterbacks don't? He plays very well in the big games. When, <laughs> when it's time to play, and he's got another guy across that's supposed to be just as good as him, or near his talent, or his team is supposed to be just as good as his, he proves why he's a better quarterback every single time. Especially when that other quarterback is Josh Allen. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I am fully aware that if Josh Allen and the Bills win this game, it's the first time they've beaten the Chiefs. Yeah. And Josh Allen once played a perfect playoff game against these Chiefs but you know and what? lost. You know what? You got you got faith on your side. Because just, just not too long ago, Trevor Lawrence beat the Texans for only the second time in his career. Right, you yeah. Them. So, there, there's some possibility there. What's up next? We've got the Eagles and the Cowboys Sunday night football to close out the Sunday slate. The Dallas Cowboys are actually the favorite. Somehow Jalen Hurts went from MVP favorite to uh, he's got to be benched in the eyes of some. Uh, Jalen Hurts is not having his best season, but he is still one of the best quarterbacks in football, and he still has one of the most talented offenses around him and an incredible defense that just got better because they just signed Shaq Leonard. Are you serious? The Eagles are the second best team in football, second best team in the NFC. Cowboys are not far behind, though. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to let you pick first. <laughs> actually, no, because we've never done that. I will pick first. I'm going to go with the Cowboys. I think this is actually where the Cowboys start to take their step. The Eagles are on a downturn. you got to follow the trends a little bit. Uh, losing in the fashion that they did to San Francisco is going to hurt them, and the Eagles uh, almost let one slip against the Cowboys just a handful of weeks ago, and the Cowboys have built a lot of momentum since with massive, massive wins. Give me the Cowboys. Who do you have? Oh, come on. You know I got a second residency in Philly. I, I do. Can't, yeah. I can't go against my boys. Go Birds. This one's simple. Like, they have to, they know they have to win divisional games. They can play bad. They can lose to, to the San Francisco Giants. They can lose to the Jets. They can lose to those kind of teams. They're fine with that. One team they don't want to lose to is the Dallas Cowboys. They're going to come out. They're ready to play. A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, ready to play. Jalen Hurts, ready to play. That defense is going to be ready to play. I like the 
League, which now takes me over to a guy you like a lot, who isn't, might not be playing this weekend. I shouldn't say isn't. Trevor Lawrence may or may not be playing this Trevor weekend. Lawrence is almost definitely not playing. For the Jaguars. So if he does not play, maybe not so good. But if he does play, who knows what happens. This Browns-Jags game is interesting with backup <laughs> quarterbacks all over the place because we're either getting Joe Flacco or we're getting... Hold up. We're either getting Joe Flacco versus C.J. Beathard <laughs> or we're getting Dorian Thompson-Robson versus... Trevor Lawrence. C.J. Str- Beathard. Trevor Lawrence is playing in this game. If you say so. He's not. He's questionable still, so I will leave it out there. Yeah. So, but either way, this game's going to be hilarious. Which backup quarterback wins it? Uh, Joe Flacco. I, I hate to say that because uh, I, I still need the Jags to win. I don't need them to be dropping AFC games, uh, even with the win over the Texans, because the Texans are humming. They are they are loaded, and they are, man, that Tank Dell injury is going to hurt them for a little while, but they're good. Uh, but Jacksonville does not have a better defense than Cleveland, and Cleveland has more starters up than than the Jags do, and they're not they're used to not playing with their starting quarterback, who isn't very good to begin with. Jacksonville goes as Trevor goes, and if Trevor ain't out there, dog, they're going to lose. Browns are going to win. Uh, I agree. I think the biggest thing is that this Browns defense is good, and if you're going to put a backup quarterback out <laughs> very there, good. he better be ready, and I don't think C.J. Beathard is ready for a Browns-type defense. They're going to get after him, cause some turnovers, and give uh, the Browns a good win. What's up next for you? Iowa Hawkeye legend C.J. Beathard, by the way. <laughs> uh, let's close this one out with the game that'll be on at 2 o'clock here on WBCK. We got one more, too. Do we? Yeah. I guess I'll take that one then. Colts Bengals. Oh, sorry. Let's, I let's completely forgot about Colts yeah, Bengals. Yeah, we'll close out with that one, though. Colts Bengals. Uh, Colts Bengals. More backup quarterbacks all <laughs> over the place. I mean, Well, we're used to Gardner Minshew at this point. I mean, yes. Anthony Richardson's been out long enough. Jake Browning. Jake Browning looked good last week. Did he? Oh, my gosh. Who you got? Uh, well, here's the thing. So I'm going to the Colts-Steelers game next week, and I am already bummed out enough that the first time I, wa- I watch my Pittsburgh Steelers play football, Mitchell Trubisky has to be the quarterback. So it would really do me some good, Cincinnati, if you would beat the Colts so that should the Steelers find a way to play good football moving forward uh, in my presence, it would be meaningful. So I can't believe you have put me in a position where I have to pick both of these stinking teams from Ohio in one week, but I am taking Cincinnati as well as the Browns this week. Cincinnati, don't let me down. Jake Browning, do your thing again. Yeah, I'm trusting Jake Browning a little bit more than, than Gardner Minshew right now. I don't know why, but I just he looked good. bones. <laughs> so I'm going Bengals as well. Go ahead and get, give us our last game. Yeah. So get out of here. Last one, Army, Navy. Army is a two and a half point favorite, and if the Black Knights win this one in Foxborough, they win the Commander-in-Chief trophy outright for, I believe, the 10th time. Uh, if Navy wins, then all three schools will split the trophy, seeing as they will have all beaten each other within the season. Uh, Army is... I'm, I'm partial to Army. I've got... My, my brother was in the Army, so we, uh, we, we rep Army big. Go Army, beat Navy. I don't care what the record is. Navy could be undefeated and Army have zero wins. I'm taking Army. Well, you got a chance to come back this week, big guy. <laughs> I, I don't know why, but... I, Navy. Hey, your second residency in Philly, that, that leans into Navy, doesn't it? It does. It's, right. it, it's, it's only a couple hours away from Annapolis, down there where, where Navy uh, midshipmen do all their things. And their lacrosse team also tends to win a lot of those games against Army. And guess what? One of Navy's players, Xavier Arlene, is also a lacrosse player for their team. He's not just one of their players. He's their quarterback. I'm, I'm going with my blood, man. Lacrosse is all up in it. I got Navy. This is, uh, I don't know. I, I've had weeks where I differed from you vastly, and it was always the games that, that I thought I wouldn't get that I got, so on and so forth. I haven't been able to make ground. This would be a massive week if I'm able to make some ground. Run them back down so we can get Absolutely. out of here. Absolutely. Starting with me taking the Chiefs. You've got Buffalo. I've got Philly. you got Dallas. We'll both take the Browns and both take the Bengals. We'll both take Arizona as well. I've got the Lakers. you got the Pacers. I've got Purdue. You've got Bama. I've got Navy. And you've got Army. That'll do it for us. And uh, like I said, in 
in just a few, excuse me, just a few hours. Uh, the Army Black Knights and the Navy Midshipmen will kick off from Foxborough, courtesy of Westwood One at 2 p.m. here on WBCK, or if you're in Kalamazoo, WKMI. Uh, so you can check that game out. It is ready to go, and it will operate properly, I promise. Uh, until then, we'll uh, see you next week for another edition of Mitten Madness. I don't believe the replay will be available tonight because of the game, right? Yeah, because you're already looking at that. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see you next week for Mitten Madness at 10 a.m. here on 95.3 WBCK. Join Jacob Harrison and Dejon Hughes every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. for Mitten Madness on 95.3 WBCK. Miss the show or want to play it back? Stream Mitten Madness live or on demand on the 95.3 WBCK app.